Hey guys, welcome back. BDC Care here. We're back with season nine, episode 27 of our weekly Q and A videos. We say videos, this is also a podcast. You can check out the links in the description if you're on YouTube right now to access this on a lot of major podcasting platforms. I'm not sure if all of them or not. It's funny you start saying, we say pod, uh, video. I thought you were going to say, we say weekly. Yeah, that's so that, that too. It works. Yeah. So we've got some interesting stuff coming up. I am going on a bit of a trip and that's going to involve me being away from the setup required to film right. for a little bit. Right. And so we're going to have a quick interruption there and then we're going to try to sort of re... Well, quick. We're talking a couple months. Yeah. So but, we're trying to do stuff to fill in the, the gap. Yeah, but the, the important part is that I'm going to be able to record for some of that, but not for the next little bit. So this mm. is being recorded in a timely manner. And then for the next little bit, the content will either be pre-recorded or it'll be something different from the Q&As. And then, or it might be nothing. Or maybe nothing. But hopefully we'll we'll try to get something out. So the difficulty really is the Q&A, a big part of it is the A. And the A doesn't work so much. I mean, I what I'm going to do is I'm going to keep on doing the weekly recaps. That's mm -hmm. my intention. Yeah. Because I can manage that on my own. But having a discussion with myself doesn't work so well. No, it's true. There's not as much of a back and forth. It would be... You'd answer the questions much more briskly, though. I don't um, think we have enough questions to answer. I get to the point. But then uh, I think there's there's a depth that comes with getting both of our perspectives yeah. and, and bouncing off each other. Because I think there's been more than a few times where when we talk about stuff, I've actually changed my mind in mm. the course of our discussion. Yeah, I think that's fair to say for both of us. And we also sidetrack each other a lot, which when right. you're just trying to listen to us talk for a little while, which is what these essentially are, is not such a bad thing. Right. Yeah. So you'll, in the coming weeks, get a better sense than we have right now of what the content's going to look like. Right. But I guess stay, stay tuned and well, we'll see. So yeah. I think we can get into our first question this yep. week then. Yep. And they say, uh, my question for this week is what is a faster farm doing the entirety of the first difficulty of a challenge than resetting or just running bonus battle six over and over again. Important context is I have zero four star gear cards other than the scimitar, which is Razagul's scimitar. And that question was from a little while ago. No. Oh, sorry. Um, <laughs> Realis of Astora. Um, okay. Yeah, that's my bad. Yeah, this is probably the perfect time to answer it while we're working with the A Suicide Squad challenge where you're, you've got fewer fights. So instead of 12 times 4 and then 15, what, that's 48 plus 15, 63. Mm -hmm. You've got 9 times 4, 36 plus 12, 48. Yeah. So 48 fights, even with 63 fights, if we're talking only credits, farming the challenge is way better. Yeah, so there's there's a couple ways to think about it, right? There's XP, yeah. credits, and then there's credits depending on whether or not you're keeping or selling the rewards that you get back. Right, right. Right? And so for XP, bonus battle six is faster if yeah. you're focusing on levels. Yeah. But if you're focusing on credits, it's definitely faster to do the challenge. And... It's a little bit faster if you are keeping your rewards, yeah. and it's even faster by by a sort of extra level above that if you're selling back everything. 
Right. So, and if you're not selling back everything, it means that you still need the challenge character elite it up. And, you know, especially if you're early enough in the game where you are looking for more high statted gold cards, yeah. if you're grinding the challenge, you get, you're getting more credits faster. And then you're also getting the opportunity to have another gold card that's going to be able to help you sort of right. get through the single player content if you want, or have more teams for uh, multiplayer stuff if you want. And it's even sort of more impactful because you're getting a lot of value out of your play even if not all of it is directly in resources right and i think part of the point is there's a reason why the there's a, a bit of a difference between them the reason why challenge is faster because you can use basically anybody the first few fights are gonna don't require anybody that's particularly tough on your side mm-hmm that also means, but that's a reflection of you're not going to be getting much XP. So if you want to farm for credits and XP at the same time, bonus battle six is going to be way faster. They're both, it's less money, less credits, but way better XP. Yeah. But if you're really only interested in credits and it's not an awful thing because early on you may want to just get the credits so you can buy more gear lockers, get shards, or if you're lucky, get one of the, the good uh, three and a half star gears to yeah. really make your team better. So it it becomes an easier consideration with the Suicide Squad challenge because it is that much better than usual. You're doing uh, 15 fewer fights. You can't ignore the time saving. I, I guess it's probably worse on Android because of how long loading screens take. Mm-hmm. But even if you take that into account and the fights are just so much faster, absolutely you use the challenge for power credits. But if you want to do credits and you've got people that you want to promote, mm-hmm. not promote, promote is the elite, where you want to level up, then you yeah. should really look at bonus battle six. But if you only have zero four-star gears, it means that some of your lower stat uh, gold characters are going to have more trouble getting through. So there's a good chance that you won't be able to farm bonus battle six without doing the time shifting mm-hmm. glitch. And people have been running into trouble because they're not as careful as they could be. And what does is it messes up when the next challenge appears and messes up when the Phantom Zone event happens. So, you know, if you if you can play and not use any glitches, then I would actually recommend that some of the time. Mm. But if you're going to play the challenge uh, and you're going to reset it, like that's one of those things where it the benefit is just so much more valuable that it makes it worth it doing the glitch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there we go. That's that's the sort of long and the short of it. It's relatively cut and dry for most circumstances because right. it's very rare that you need XP desperately yeah. more than you just need credit. The XP is sort of usually something that just comes with time. Yeah, just and it's it's not often. There was only a couple times. It would be right when a new character came out as updates right. were coming out right. uh, back in the day when we had literally everything else that we wanted XP way more than we wanted credits. Right. Uh, and especially and, if there was any like credit glitches. And if you want to unlock them, like if you want to take them to break through, mm-hmm. you want to get them to 50. The The other thing is too, though, bonus battle six, it's fast up until maybe 41, 42, 43. And then after that, you're going to want to take them at a, either at one of the higher, the story mode fights, or just take them into multiplayer. I mean, again, you're grinding multiplayer anyways. You want to rank up, and it just, like you said, it accretes. The XP just accretes, and eventually you realize, oh, these guys are level 50. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
So there we go. Our next question comes from Anthony Bryan, and they say, please, I didn't get my season rewards yesterday, and I ranked top 4%. What do I do? It feels like we're doing a lot of injustice questions yeah, <laughs> compared to the last true. few weeks. Um, this uh, this is one of those unfortunate situations. That I don't know that there's much that you can do except things to avoid the next time. Whether you get rewards or not is not something you can control. It's up to the programming, which is server side, and it's up to any fixes would be from the developers mm-hmm. because the it used to be the most common reason for this happening was that there is there was a glitch that you used to be able to manipulate to trigger rewards early so that right at the beginning of the season mm-hmm. where it doesn't take a lot of fights and you don't have to worry about losing your position you just fight a bunch at the beginning rank really high yeah get like top one percent or whatever yeah, and get the reward for the you know the the one that the, they advertise that's the the special multiplayer thing that you need to be top five percent when it's a rare thing in like a card pack they tend to be like the chase cards or something right, right. yeah so, because you you still get rewards if you rank in the top fifty percent, I think you still get rewards. The problem is that the rewards are not that bad. Yeah, they're not that great. Like, really, to me, multiplayer is for primarily the reward that we talk about each week in the recap, plus maybe nth medal. But it really is for that one reward because a lot of times, if you if it's gear. You only need the one copy ever. You ne- you don't worry about the next season comes up. You can play if you want or not. Yeah, and, and if co- it's characters, you need a bunch of seasons. Right, so you need to keep on playing the seasons because you can't unlock them, and you just keep on accumulating copies. Mm-hmm. So the the problem now is if you could you could send a what do you call it like support a ticket support ticket start a support ticket with Warner Brothers. Warner Brothers doesn't tend to be that responsive. Ever since, I mean, it's all part and parcel of the same thing. When they stopped doing updates, I, it feels like support was much less responsive. Not that it was even that great to begin with. Yeah. But I don't know whether that was because they just didn't, they didn't do stuff or that when people asked them, they were asking for things that weren't, that they decided they, they shouldn't be getting. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know how, uh, how much of it was the perception that they weren't doing much or just that people were unsatisfied with what was done. Yeah. Hmm. So, yeah, unfortunately, you don't have a lot of recourse at this point. And so we're talking about Warner Brothers. I'm jumping around a little bit, but we had a couple of comments. So um, one comment from Ethan Redden where they said, please make other content. I desperately want to see your channel grow. been watching this channel since I was nine, and now I'm in my senior year. Wish you guys the best of luck. Covering other mobile games would work great. Even Injustice 2 would work. And then there's a second comment from... Uh, Josh, where they say, you guys have been covering Injustice for the longest time. Maybe y'all should swap, switch over to Multiversus when it officially releases in a few months. I think you guys would be bound to see more success. You don't want to get burnt out over something that would inevitably become stale. Just a suggestion. And so both of these are, you know, nice, well-meaning comments from people who just sort of want to see more from us and don't really care as much what we're doing. Uh, and I mention it because the games that both of these people mention are Warner Brothers things, right? Oh, is so it Multiverses? It, Multiverses is Warner Brothers. What's that based on? Um, it's based off everything. What? So, uh, I... <laughs> what? So, if you have you heard anything about Multiverses? I have not. Except for that comment, I have not. So, if anybody is in the same boat as you, I can give it a little bit of a rundown. Okay. Uh, it's a game that's kind of like Smash, in that it's a platformer brawler where it's 2D, uh, and it trades on... The fact that there are a bunch of 
sort of iconic characters is that Nickelodeon All-Star Brawl or Nickelodeon something. Wait, wait, wait. There's so PlayStation 1. What does Warner Brothers also own that could be used in a fighting game that's not DC? Okay. Do you, do you want to hear the yeah. characters that are in it? Yeah. Uh, Shaggy is in it and Velmar in it from Scooby-Doo. Oh, gosh. The Iron Giant is in it. Oh, that would be cool. That's Warner Brothers? Yeah. That was a great movie. Or they have the license to use it okay. in this game, whether or not right. it's Warner Brothers. Um, Superman and Harley Quinn are both in it. Uh, Finn and Jake are in it as Finn and characters from Adventure Time. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, Steven Universe, and I think it's Garnet from Steven Universe is in it. Okay, that's cool. Um, Arya Stark from Game of Thrones is in it. That's Warner Brothers. All right, so that's HBO, and I... That's they might be a subsidiary of Warner Brothers. Um, and then there is uh, Tom and Jerry. Tom and Jerry are in it as like, one fine. character together. So there's a bunch of weird characters, and I think I might be missing some. So or... no Scooby? You said Shaggy and Velma. I would have right thought now. Scooby would be like the, you know, if you're going to pull two from each. Like S- Superman and Harley Quinn is weird, I guess. Harley Quinn is popular. I, I would have thought Superman and Batman and Wonder Woman would be sort of the iconic yeah. Oh, Wonder Woman is in it. Sorry, that's, okay. that's one that I forgot. Yeah, yeah. So, I uh, it is right now. Uh, I think it might be ending right around the time that this video actually goes up. But it is in a semi-open beta. It's an open beta, but it's not open in a way that everybody instantly has access to it. There was like a sign up for keys, and then the other thing that you could do is watch one hour of Twitch streams of people playing it. To get a uh, reward drop for uh, access to the game. And when it drops, it's going to be free to play with some microtransactions where you can pay money for other skins for the characters right. and stuff like that and whatever. And so I actually have been playing this a little bit oh, have with you? my friends. Okay. I uh, put on a Twitch stream in the background. I'm not a Twitch watcher, uh, but I, I turned the I cranked the volume all the way down. make you a Twitcher? Uh, I watch no, um, I don't know. <laughs> but so I, I got, I grabbed a key yeah. and I, I did play it a little bit. And so I think because it's like a Warner brothers thing and because it's a bunch of famous characters fighting, you know, it yeah. feels like it would be similar to injustice, but it, but it really plays a lot like as a game like smash and it doesn't, mm. I, I have some thoughts on it. I have opinions on the game and I think it's actually interesting. Uh, it's doing some interesting things with the formula um, and I think it's, was worth me playing, but I don't love the game that much. And I, I'm not going to get good enough that my content is going to be worth watching above anyone else's. Mm. In fact, I'm pretty awful at it. Um, and it, there's a bunch of sort of platformer brawlers and I've played a couple of them. So I've played everything since, uh, Melee for Smash. I played a very little bit of Melee, and then Super Smash Bros. Brawl was, like, one of the first games I had for uh, the Wii, and then I played the Smash uh, on the Wii U, and then I played Ultimate, you know, with my friends, Right. and I've I've really enjoyed that. I've also played, there's a game uh, on PC that's free called Brawlhalla, which is another sort of 2D platformer brawler. Like side-to-side scrolling kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. And that was, I, I also right, find quite fun. Who's so mostly nobody you know, because they're all unique characters. Hmm. Uh, but then they added, there's been some crossover stuff. So I don't remember if that was one of the ones that Shovel Knight got into. But Rayman uh, from oh, yeah. from the Rayman games is one of the people in it. And I honestly don't even remember who else. 
Uh, most of them are entirely like unique characters, like you know mm. somebody like there's a dude named Bodvar, and it's just it's just one of their sort of. And there's a huge number of characters in that game, uh, and mm. so I find Brawlhalla pretty snappy and responsive. Smash is always sort of my my first and main uh, love for that genre of games. And I've played Multiversus, and uh, I'm not very good, and I find it a little bit floaty and not as like snappy and responsive as I would want it to be. And maybe that's like just you're swimming I... through molasses. Not that bad, but just I'm used to Smash feels so quick, right? And like so instantaneous. And even Brawlhalla has a little bit of that really sort of. Uh, clean gameplay and Brawlhalla focuses a lot more on combos where you can hit people for really long strings right. where they're if you're playing well and they're either not playing so well uh, to be like dodging or avoiding or if you're just playing really really right. strongly that you can really wail on some people it, it's interesting you mentioned that about the responsiveness because I think that that's a, that's probably responsible for why my favorite fighting game is still Soul Calibur. Mm. Did I ever tell you the story? So you know my best friend. Yeah. Uh, has a Dreamcast. So this is Soul Calibur was a game that was sort of the, uh, what, what's the, the the fighting game for Dreamcast? There's a word for that. Yeah. I don't uh, know. Killer app. Not so much the killer app, but more just like each each sort of class of type of game. Mm-hmm. This was really its sort of standout represent representative. Oh, so then of, I don't even, yeah, whatever. All right. Platonic ideal of a fighting yeah, well, game on the Dreamcast? I don't know about that, but it was the, you know, the, the tentpole kind of game, fighting yeah. game. Mm-hmm. And so my friend used to be awful at games, mm-hmm. like at, at fighting games. And I used to be pretty good mainly because, you know, sometimes if you get into the right button mashing routine, yeah, you end up that translates well across other genres. Without even really knowing what you're doing when you jump onto a new game, you just happen to sort of get the rhythm a little better. Right. Yeah. And combined with combos that are similar, or just the use of short combos Mm -hmm. that are similar to, say, Street Fighter, because Street Fighter used to be okay at. Yeah. And so the, what was it? It was Saturn? Saturn was the game that Sega had before Dreamcast, right? Sega Saturn? Yeah, I think so. So there was some fighting game on Sega Saturn. My friend had the Sega Saturn, and he got pretty good at the fighting game. Mm-hmm. He really enjoyed it. And there's a reason why I'm jumping back and forth. And he really enjoyed it. And he thought, oh, now I'm good enough. I could probably beat you. Right. And we played and I kicked his ass. So then he got frustrated with it and didn't play it anymore. But then when he got the Dreamcast and he played with Soul Calibur, he got pretty good at it. And then when I started playing with him, he was really good. Like there's, it's, mm-hmm. it's cool that when you play a game and you put the time in and you take the time to learn those combos where you can do a bunch of damage once you get the opening, yeah, that it pays off. And he, there's a feeling of mastery, which is just inherently satisfying. Right. But not only like the feeling of mastery, the actualization of mastery, like he yeah. actually was good so that when you get that opening, you do a bunch more damage and it has, it makes a difference to the fight. It's like when we talk about the changing stats, if something bumps up a little bit, but it doesn't bump up enough to actually change the way the fight feels, mm-hmm. like it doesn't give you an advantage in the fight. That's what Saturn was like playing. I can't remember what the fighting game was, but on mm. the Dreamcast, putting in the time to learn the combos Holy crap. And I don't think I ever caught up, but it's it's very much what was the point? It was something connected to what you were saying. Responsiveness? Yeah. So the the reason why to me Soul Calibur is still so much fun to play even when I lose is that and the graphics aren't nearly as good as the current generation of fighting games. It's mm-hmm. not even as good as Injustice Mobile. 
let's be honest. But the key was, it was really responsive. Yeah. And it felt like you were controlling the character, even when you're button mashing, even when you're doing combo. And it was just so much more fun to play, even when you're losing. Mm -hmm. Excuse me. Yeah. And so I don't (coughs) necessarily have an issue with multiverses. And I think it does a couple interesting things. One of the things that it does that is cool is that there are people's abilities that are specifically based around playing uh, with the team. And Mm -hmm. so like Wonder Woman has an ability that activates a shield for her teammates uh, I play Jake the dog, uh, primarily from Adventure Time. Right. Okay. Uh, and my thing with Jake is uh, he can eat people, uh, so teammates and enemies. Mm-hmm. And on enemies, it gives them stacks of weakness, and on teammates, it gives them armor when you spit them out again. Mm. Uh, there is, oh, um, I think is it Wonder Woman who has a lasso move that will uh, deal damage and yank enemies towards. Uh, her but then it will also uh yank friends potentially so you can pull them out of danger right there is somebody i forget who it is who has a tether move so you can tether other people to you and then they can play really aggressively and off the edge because you can at any point use the ability and pull them back into you so that that's really interesting and i like the idea that they're specifically like team composition that makes sense where if somebody likes playing off the edge and trying to like spike people off right right and sort of keep um a bit of pressure up at sort of the edge and do what's called edge guarding that they can play more aggressively if you tether them and are ready to pull them back in that's really interesting to me all that stuff i think is really cool uh there's something called burning where certain moves start burning stacks and if you get hit five times uh while it's activated then you get lit on fire and you start taking passive damage for a little while Mm. uh there's all sorts of stuff like that so it sounds like a really thoughtful game. Like they're not regurgitating a bunch of stuff. They've definitely made an effort to try to make it a game that stands <laughs> on its own, and it's not just sort of a quick cash in. Uh, right. And the other thing that they've done, which is interesting, which I don't know how I feel about, is that they have essentially like gear uh, that you can put on. So each character as a level unlocks uh, passive abilities. I mm. forget what they're called. I think they might be called perks that you can equip. And they've put some thoughtfulness into things, so it'll be like your team does X percent more damage while mm-hmm. in the air. And mm-hmm. then they've also made it so that if you and your partner all, both have the same thing, there's some multiplier effect. So maybe, you know, if both of them are active at stacks and it's twice as effective. And then in some cases, uh, there was one thing that, <laughs> like, I think reduced the amount of bounce off of like floors, walls and ceilings by like 20%. And if both of you had it, it only dropped it by like 25% because if it cut to 40, it would be like, you know, too good. So they've got some interesting dynamics there. There's some interesting team play, all of that stuff. It's not necessarily a bad game. I'm not saying that in any sense. It just feels like it's less for me because I play that and then I play, you know, when I'm on PC anyways, the mm. other thing that I would be playing is something like Brawlhalla. And I just find Brawlhalla a little bit faster, a little bit more responsive. Right. And maybe I just need to learn multiverses, but it feels just the moment to moment gameplay feels a little more fun and a little more in my control to me when I'm playing it. Right. And so, you know, that's, that's how I feel about the game overall. But the bottom line is that I don't think I have any content for it. Right. Cause I can be mm. messing around with my friends in the game. But that's not really a video, anything like what we're doing right now. Right. Right. 
And I don't have sort of the kind of skill, expertise, or knowledge where I can grab footage and then come and talk about it, it with you like this. Right. But it sounds like you've, you've sold it to me well enough that this could be something. Because the limiting, really the bottleneck for this partnership in terms of what we play is, I think it's me. Mm. Because for us to be able to both play it, the person who's going to have the least amount of time. But you've convinced me that I'm going to try. So when, maybe when it's out of beta or when it's, you know, it's fully released, I might give it a go. So that we can play it together? I wouldn't mind trying it. It sounds interesting enough. Yeah, it's, I mean, yeah, we could, we it, could squat up and fight yeah. some random people online. We could go into a fight against each other. So what I like about what you've described it, though, is that it feels like it's got more depth. And the kind of depth I'm talking about is where you can, like, in Injustice, you gear up the team, you yeah. do it according to the players, and it, uh, broadly, it's going to be good. Yeah. But that there's enough different strategies in, say, the environment that you choose or that you have to fight in yeah. that it plays towards, you have an option of playing towards your specific strengths or your preferences for how you play and fight. A little bit. I mean, I would say it has even less uh, sort of selection and preset of depth than Injustice, because each individual character has their own perks and the perks are kind of limited. And mm -hmm. so once you unlock them all, there is sort of a series of combinations. But I think, I think what really makes it is that there's a lot more mechanical input complexity. So there's a lot more things you can do in the fight. Mm -hmm. And so injustice has a lot more of that sort of planning and setup strategizing right, right, right. where with the relatively limited ways you can actually <laughs> interact with the game, uh, they've, you can increase your complexity a lot by changing which sort of mechanics you interact with and the the nuances of how you're using them. Whereas Multiverses has a huge possibility space just for the basic sort of moving around and attacking where you have two types of attacks. Each of them has like a neutral and then different directional version. So you're working with like a bunch there and then uh, there's a d like different stuff when you're in the air for one of those sets of attacks. So that's you know, already a pretty huge possibility space. And then there's all this sort of moving around and dodging that you can be doing. And then the actual sort of like gear and other stuff set up is a lot more mm. basic than a, uh, a game like Injustice. But yeah, so it's, it is interesting. And uh, I, I've enjoyed playing it specifically, but unfortunately I don't think it's going to be the kind of thing we can make content about. And that's right. kind of the, the way that we felt about Injustice too, except we didn't like the game even as much yeah. where it was different there was some sort of interesting stuff. They were trying to do something different. It was definitely a different product than Injustice 1, uh, while still having the mm. same skeleton. But a lot of the changes they made in Injustice 2, we were actually not super fond of. So the issue with Multiversus is that we're not good enough to have anything sort of extra interesting or expertise. <laughs> we can't... There's not going to be people asking us questions about Multiversus and me going right. like, oh, I have a deep and abiding understanding of the game. I can tell you exactly, you know, how right. that's going to play out. Right. Uh, whereas in Injustice 2, the bottleneck was that we weren't actually having a lot of fun with it. We probably could have right. gone to the point where we could make the same type of content for this. Right. But, uh, you know, some of the stuff they were doing with the gear, right, where there wasn't the same options for gear, where it was like, oh, well, this is your, you know, three Joker gear, right? right? This is your right. three Harley Quinn gear. is the same kind of thing that they did in Multiversus. And it just meant that there was a lot less flexibility in, you know, saying, oh, I have this one really interesting piece of gear, and now all of a sudden every single team I have is a little bit different for having that. Right. Right? Right. Uh, so. so maybe we're getting towards the end of this particular video. I just want to get uh, circle back to Anthony Bryan's original question to what do I do, and I mentioned preventing it. So I think 
uh, I don't think I answered that. And I, the, the key for preventing it, I think, is that if there is going to be a glitch where you accidentally get the current season's gear early, the only thing that seems to reliably avoid it is that when the season switches out, that you're not in the middle of a few fights. Because mm. at the point where the server is communicating with your device back and forth and backing up the data if there's any interruption during that time is when you could potentially inadvertently trigger the season rewards early right at the beginning of the season before you've had a chance to get up high enough i mean that was the point of the glitch right that you could get high up enough get high enough up get high high enough you don't even need the up yeah if you get high enough in your rank and not have to sustain it and then get your prizes right then yeah can't exploit it now can't really trigger it reliably so best to avoid that situation where if you get the reward once early for the season you're mm-hmm. not going to get it again at the end no matter how hard yeah. you work yeah and so i think we have another couple minutes maybe one last thing just because we're going to upload this soon and so we want to maybe get to this okay comment in a timely fashion we have a comment from mike rice uh where they say because this is, I think, a back and forth we've been having over the past okay. couple weeks. They say, unfortunately, the argument of abortion is skirting firmly around the actual issue. In truth, it is now uh, just not being dictated at the federal level. People can now vote about it in each state. And then we had a reply from Cameron 107 saying, this is literally the exact take they've been arguing against for the last two episodes, which I think is fair to say. Yeah. And I guess the reason why this comment might be worth addressing is that... Um, there's an ambiguity sometimes that you see in written comments that you don't have when you're talking. Because when you're talking, the responsiveness is right there. You can just clarify what they mean. Because it, I can't tell if Mike Rice is explaining something that we've already covered because they missed it and they feel like they're offering some insight. Well, I mean, technically, there's no insight because we talked about it that episode too. Mm-hmm. Or that he's potentially siding with the idiots that are making this as an argument why it's not a big deal. Because mm-hmm. this is the thrust of it, right? Like, this is what's happening. Literally, there's no federal protection. Each state gets to decide. But practically what's happening is that there's a lot of states that had trigger laws. And a lot of states are thinking of implementing laws that will make abortion less accessible, potentially banning it, and making it more dangerous for women. And listen, abortion is healthcare. It It is not made it more accessible for anybody. And it is potentially made it and practically has made it less accessible for a lot of people and so you know nobody's saying that they're that everybody's banning abortion but some people are because of this yeah Yeah. and so we're not looking at sort of the technical thing that's happening we're looking at the practical effects of it right right and so you know technically yes each individual state can vote on it but that really that's not helpful for the conversation it's such a it's such a macro level it'd be like describing you know turning on the tap as how the like H2O molecules are moving around where it's like, all you're really doing is, you know, opening something up and allowing like these like bipolar, like molecules, like flow through like a tube or whatever, where you're <clears throat> it's, it is technically what's happening at the most basic level, but it doesn't really practically help us understand the world to right. only think of it in those terms. Right. Cause actions have consequences. And if sometimes it's fine to talk about just the action, I think in this case, it's more important to talk about the consequence because the people who are arguing for the correctness of this action are c- ignoring 
the practical consequences, which is which are so much more important. And I think that's part of the reason why the Supreme Court's arguments are so bad is because it totally ignores the consequences or misrepresents them, mm-hmm. saying that women somehow don't plan their life or people who get pregnant don't plan their life around the possibility of having abortions because it's so infrequent. That's crap. Mm-hmm. I mean, you don't say, well, I'm not going to have an... Uh, an accident, so I'm not going to wear a seatbelt because accidents happen so rarely. That that's mm-hmm. not, it. I don't know. It's just it feels like a, a bad faith argument, and for somebody on the Supreme Court to be making that, it feels particularly naive. Maybe I don't know. Naive, like it's insulting. Mm. Like I, I it, naive is sort of the the most generous interpretation of what somebody's doing is that they don't know any better. Yeah. But I feel like that this kind of stuff has been happening for so long that we've gotten past the point of being able to make a generous interpretation. That's fair. And that we have to really look at it and say, well, they really do know better. They're smarter than that. Mm-hmm. Anyways. Yeah. And so we've had this back and forth for a good number of episodes. But, you know, like I said, because I'm going away, that is going to ha- we're going to have to put a button in this now because we're, we're not going to be able to respond to anybody in this format, at least this kind of conversation. So right. uh, over the next little bit, uh, next few weeks at the very least, any sort of political stuff right. is going to be a little more by the wayside, which I think is good news for people who are not interested in hearing it. Right. Uh, but that that's just going to be what the makeup of the next few episodes are going to be. Right. So uh, thank you guys <coughs> for watching. Uh, to finish up, we'd like to say a few things. So I'd like to give a shout out to Eliza Halloween in July, Caton. She gave me a Halloween themed gnome in the middle of summer. Uh, hmm. This shadow was brought to you by Gregor the Spooky Gnome. I've named him. Um, Gregor. So there we go. Thank you for that. He says boo on him. Um, hmm. And we'd also like to give a huge thank you to all the lovely folks who support us on Patreon. That would be Bumble Ben, Consul Peasant, and Edwoon at the top tier last word. Cinemac and Mohammed Shady at the Your Message Here tier. Sean Farrell, Daniel Simonson, Aaron Mall, Michael DeVries, Brandon C., Irvin Ruiz, Eddie Du, and Hoshi127 at the accredited level and Chris Wolf, Scarlet Danny, Awesome Gamer 2 for 1, Pavu RS, Gavin Malat and Isra E at the gratitude level. Thank you so much for watching and thanks so much for your support. We'll see you next time. Komoda. Komoda.